Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria. I'm Deb. And here's our podcast. It's for the realistic SLP who is also actively anti-racism. So we are here and I have some wine and cheese. So I'm going to talk about what I'm drinking first. So thank you so very much to the original house wines. They sent us a box of wine and it's four bottles of wine in one box. So they really, really are treating us quite well. Thank you so much to them. Shout out to them. There's a link in the show notes and uh, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon and it's uh it's a very luscious taste with rich aromas and it has blackberry and ripe plums and flavors of raspberry and strawberry with very subtle pepper notes. And I actually can agree with this softness and how smooth this wine is. Mm-hmm. It, um, it's going very well with my, uh, here it is, my Washington State Creamery Cougar Gold Cheese. And I really like how smooth the cheese is and how smooth the wine is. So I'm just gonna take a sip. I'm gonna swirl it as I have learned to do that. So I wanna just make sure I taste these, uh, all these uh, flavors and aromas that they claim to have in the wine. So let's see. Yeah, let's find out. Hmm. It's so great. I feel like it's just right, this wine. It's like not overly sweet. I would definitely have this with dinner, but I would have it like after dinner too, you know? Right. Yeah. It's not overly sweet and it's definitely has that smooth finish. I agree with that. And then I'm adding a bite now with this cheese and I'm just really enjoying this, Deb. Like, I feel like you, you need to try some of this before I eat and drink all of it. So I'm going <sighs> to have to bring it to you next time I see you. Yes. Yes, please. I would love to have some. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we're recording this summer because we get to do things much earlier in the day. Uh, yeah. instead of doing things so late at night, cause we have more of a half day with work. Correct. We are, so this is like our lunch, our, our lunch wine, our lunch wine and cheese, but you know what? It's COVID. I'm not driving anywhere. I'm going right. to enjoy my little lunch wine and cheese. So yeah, drink this wine though. Drink it. Do not sink it and pour it into the plants like last week's wine. This one, consume it, swallow it, drink it, enjoy it. Oh, yes. Not like the last episode. I did that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I did try that wine that you said you didn't like. I liked it. I don't really know. But, you know, everyone has different taste buds, right? Right, right. Yeah. But that's true. It's good. It's very like, you know, I'm like confident with it. I had um, some family friends over yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me bring out this house wine. And I posted on our Instagram for people to see. Uh, Corinne Vargas uh, wrote to us. She was like, that wine looks great, but so does that cake. And I was like, that's right. That's right. Oh, you had a nice looking cake. I, I saw some- that. Yes, it was delicious. So mm-hmm. cheers, everyone. Cheers. So yeah. I wanted to add a new segment to the show. Um, as we say in the beginning of our show, we always say that we are for the realistic SLP who is actively anti-racism. So um, just we're going to have like a a tip or trick for being actively anti-racism every episode or so, or every couple of episodes. And um, recently I've heard lots of people post on social media talking about a situation in which they experienced or witnessed racism. Um, And so I think it's important to, as individuals, we set boundaries and we can say things like, 
please don't say blank again to me or around me. Um, and that's just a one way to be actively anti-racism. Also, what's important to keep in mind is that um, many people might think it's to share these experiences is um, helpful and, and not that it isn't, but um, sometimes you need to ask yourself, what made this person comfortable enough to express this racist thought to me? Um, so by establishing boundaries, you have not created the space for anyone to feel like that's acceptable in your presence. So once again, you can just say, please do not say blank again to me or around me. I really like that because it's very clear cut and no one can really like argue that. Oh, well, I mean, I'm sure they might have an argument like, oh, what do you mean? And you're just like, I don't want to hear that. And that's it. Right. You don't have to get into so much detail to explain yourself. You could just right. say like, I don't like that. And it makes me uncomfortable. And that's it. Like you have a right to express that and you don't have to get into much detail if you don't want to. I mean, if you want to go for it, you know, no one's stopping mm -hmm. you. Just start somewhere. Yeah, and you can just not tolerate that in your conversations. Exactly. Good first mm -hmm. step. I, I get how it could be uncomfortable, but um, I get questions a lot, and I feel like my answer is frequently, you know, set the tone, set the yeah. expectations, set the boundary. So um, for many situations where we're feeling like I don't, powerless, then maybe we didn't do our best job for setting the tone and the expectation um, so and the boundary. So just try to be more active in the, your boundary setting as a human being, you know? Just Agreed. You know, don't, let, don't accept people's poor behavior. Uh, cheers to that. Yeah, cheers. You know? Cheers. Cheers to not accepting bad behavior. My office does not have air conditioning and I'm sweltering. Mm. I have to figure out a different solution. A fan? I have to, but I don't want them on when we're recording. Right. I just turned off the air. I wonder if the sound quality start, sounds different now, but. Oh, well, you sounds good. Well, great. So anyway, Deb, you had a listener question, right? Yeah. So um, I, so this episode, tracking back a little bit. So in this episode, we're going to have part two of the interview with Tashita Hutton of You, Me, and Speech. In part one, Tashita told us about her vast experience as a speech-language pathologist and um, also her, the way she acquires so many great materials. And I had this listener question that I feel really strongly relates, and uh, it's from Pink Fully Lissa on Instagram. There are so many areas to focus in on as an SLP. How did you choose to work with kids? And there are so many areas. So Maria, how did you choose to focus on kids? Well, I had an inkling that I was going to like working with kids from my godson slash cousin. He's both. So I just mm -hmm. slash. But because um, I liked when uh, he was little. So I did enjoy that. I did enjoy like my cousins, like my family. So mm -hmm. I, that was on my radar. But then once I had my externships and I got to see what it was like, I just was so much more excited to work with kids. So that's what I went with. So I feel like deep down, you already know, mm -hmm. and like, maybe it's scary, but you just got to like, go with that one. Um, I you went with your intrinsic motivation. Yes. And I liked, um, cause I saw a general education school and a special education school. And I had to be honest with myself. I really enjoyed the special education much more. 
Mm-hmm. And I just went with it, you know, and that's, you know, I interviewed for positions for special education schools and I just took it from there. I made all the necessary steps to achieve what I wanted. And then I did have in the back of my head an, a senior SLP. I had lunch with her, I remember. And she was like, you could always switch. So even if you, let's say, start in a school setting, and then you could always change schools as time goes on. So maybe you're not set on a like elementary. You could always transfer to a middle school or high school. But just start somewhere and know like you do have options, but it is important to make at least a decision. Mm-hmm. So that's my advice. What about you, Deb? How did you know that you wanted to work? And well, you worked in many settings, as have yeah. I. But I have stayed with the same special ed school for eight years. That's you know my right my main focus. Well, so I'll say that initially, when I went into speech pathology, I was a hundred percent all in on kids. That was just mm-hmm. my my view. And then the more I learned, the more I enjoyed other populations. I have worked with all populations. Right now, I only have kids. Um, And I think that's just because of the ease of caseload. Um, That's just what gets uh, brought to my attention. So like, I don't currently have the time in my life to work per diem or um, in a nursing home setting. Mm -hmm. That's just not one of the jobs I have right now. And even the clients that I have privately are just more frequently children. So I think I need to work harder to reach out to an older population because I have loved working with um, comedians with voice and also working with um, adults and public speaking and accent reduction and cognitive language and things along the lines of that. So um, it just seems like more parents find me and maybe less adults are seeking uh, speech therapy because I like those groups that don't have huge issues. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just something that's been bothering them about the mm-hmm. way they speak for a long time. And they're not as, um, I guess, like frequently seeking speech therapy. Maybe they don't know that's a solution or, or I'm not quite sure. But maybe I need to just work harder at reaching that population. Definitely. You could rework at that. I'm sure you will find some clients. And even if you had um, like a consultative type of model or like a check-in once a month, even that you can get Mm -hmm. into, you know, you have to start somewhere. Right. Because I love fluency and that's all ages. Yeah. Yeah. I love fluency too. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. Voice I like a lot too. I have voice kids and I want a voice adult. All right. Well, I'm sure you will find them. If you look hard enough, you will find them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what did you think of the interview with uh, Tashida? I loved it. I thought you did a great job, by the way, interviewing her. Thanks. Um, I loved her energy. She was so exciting to listen to. And I really loved her super duper story where mm-hmm. um, they hired her and how she just like left her job at a school and the way she described her job in the special ed school in New Jersey. I was like, Oh, it's similar to probably like schools that I'm, you know, uh, working in. So, um, I thought that was interesting and how she just like picked up and left and like relocated her whole life to such a rural area and how, uh, she brought up like her dad and her mom. So it shows like that was definitely a big decision for her, but it helped that to have, uh, their supporting parents, to make that move 
and um that was cool that they do all like the shipping and everything there like i just learned a lot and it was yeah. it was great i want to like meet her in person you know when you yeah, like, listen too. to people you feel like you know them already yeah yeah so, so, I really so later that. on in the interview we touch upon a bunch of social topics and um like i mentioned in the last episode we talk about so many things that it'd be easier to make a list of what we didn't talk about. So um, just stay tuned for that interview with Tishita Hutton of You, Me, and Speech and um, find out what we chat about. Yeah, please hold for a commercial break. This episode is brought to you by Speech Sounds Visualized App. See speech in action. It is the only app in the world to use x-ray videos along with 3D animation to show how speech sounds are formed, packed with loads of features to accelerate learning. It is available now in the App Store and in the Google Play Store. Also, check out the show notes for a link to be entered in a giveaway to get the app Speech Sounds Visualized for free. Check out the show notes for more information. This episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese is brought to you by Bjorn Speech Publications. Bjorn Speech Publications is founded by Jenny Bjorn SLP. It's a great resource for parents, therapists, and those studying to enter the field of speech pathology. Jenny Bjorn is an expert in the field specializing in childhood apraxia speech. Bjorn's speech sound cues use fresh, diverse illustrations that speak to children. For more up-to-date, child-inspired speech and language products created for therapists by therapists, head over to bjornspeech.com. And now, back to the show. Here's part two of the interview with Tashida Hutton of You, Me, and Speech. You do have to be prepared for like, yeah, like and everything. Mm. Yeah, you're like, um, we're so, making choices over here, okay? Yes, like, yes. So it's like plan A to Z. <laughs> like, yeah. And then everybody came in, they were like, this looks so good. I was like, haven't had a chance to do it yet? Nobody's interested. <laughs> they want to do something else. So, I mean, I love having it. I love, you know, providing the ideas. And that's something I think I want to yeah. do like on a, a different level because I do have the ability to like see something and come up with something very fast. So like a parent will say, I want to work on, you know, role playing and this and that and that. And then I'll just like spit out something and it's like, that was pretty good. How'd you come up with that? And then I'll be like, I don't know. In your like head, you're like, me. yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> right. You don't say that out loud. No. But I was like, I really need to do something with that because especially yeah. now with not being able to see a lot of my kids, parents mm -hmm. will ask for like this full blown, like what vocabulary am I targeting? So mm -hmm. they would say, can you give me something that I could do at home? We don't have an iPad. We don't have a computer. I just need something I could do at home. And I was like, okay. So now I have to think of something to give you that you could do at home without any of my toys, without any links. Right. Okay, give me a minute. So <laughs> it really pushed the envelope. So like, for instance, we did like um, backyard car wash, but then I was like, anything they have in the backyard, a toy scooter, wagon, right. house or whatever. And then it's like, this is the vocabulary you have to target. Everybody could take turns spraying the hose. And like, I would send this and a parent was like, where'd you get this from? And I was like, 
actually just made it up. And she was Nothing. like, no way. And she <laughs> took pictures of her and her children doing everything. And they had water guns. And she even wrote back to me on the Remind app. She was like, every time he asks me for water and his gun, I make him use his words and increase his length of utterances. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, go mom. So (laughs) that's something I had to learn because it's so quick to send a link. It's like, well, just click this link, click this boom card. And I had a father who was like, "Um, I don't even have an iPhone and I don't have a printer and I don't have a computer. Can you give me something else? And then he was like, or you can mail like a packet of like 50 pages, which you know what happens to the packet of 50 pages. Yeah. So (laughs) I was like... I was like, are you going to use it? Is it going to become your cup holder? Exactly. So I said, I'm going to give you something functional. I could text it to you. I could send it to you every day. It'll have everything you need. And that way you don't have to worry about going to a printer, logging on and having to open it up. And that was like the greatest thing I could have gave that dad, because why should he be left out? Because everybody else has a computer. And then some parents didn't even want the school to supply a laptop because that was the other thing. Oh, we can supply uh, a tablet, but some parents have their issues and don't want the kids on the tablet or another tablet in the house is going to create a problem. Johnny has a tablet from school. Where's mine? Exactly. So I had parents saying, don't send a tablet here. So it wasn't even about, we can provide the technology for you. Parents didn't even want it in the home. So I was like, okay, I really need to get creative now because I can't see you. I can't touch you. And I'm hands-on with my right. kids. And now even with this pandemic, it's like, I want to do prompts, but I can't. I want to <laughs> just let me fix your mouth, but I right. can't. It's like, it's drive. And then I'm like showing the parent with my shield on. Like if you just get his mouth to go like this and his jaw height to do this, maybe we can get somewhere. And they're like, yeah, we'll wait till you can touch him again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're prompt certified? No, I'm prompt trained. I did level one and two. It's mm-hmm. so expensive to become Prompt yeah, certified. I, know. I was trying, but I was like another $750. I know. I... And then even for three and then for four, you have to pay again and send in videos. So usually if I have the training jobs are just like, all right, come, I don't care. Right. So yeah. It's still gotten me far. I've always said I wanted to be prompt certified, but I was like with all the other continuing ed that I love to do. Yeah. And I'm also obsessed with feeding. I was like, I just don't have the money to shell out another 750 and then another 750 when I want that 750 for a SOS class or something else that right. I want to dive my brain into. So I just stopped it too. Especially if you feel pretty comfortable with using prompts at this rate. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you just want the letters behind your name so that it's right. on your resume? Like, And we have a lot of letters behind our name anyway. Exactly. People will say, what's with the alphabet? And yeah. I was like, I was like, we have to put that. If you knew what we went through to get this alphabet, (laughs) you would put every single letter. letter. I know why doctors do it now. I know why (laughs) nurses do it now. I was like, every letter costs money. Literally (laughs) costs money. The C's cost money. The TSFLD costs money. The MS costs money. I was like, you would want to write it because it costs money. Exactly. I'm still, I have to, I got the extension for my TSSLD. Mm-hmm. two years ago and now here mm-hmm. I am about to expire and I'm like I need the DASA course it's, I'm taking it Saturday <laughs> otherwise oh, like so you I'm, could just have your permanent certificate yeah 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 I could I should have had it two years ago but 
No, listen, you're doing I... wonderful and amazing <laughs> things. Don't even sell yourself short. You're like one of the most inspiring SOPs I, I see on Instagram, just doing stuff. And that creates a way of, you can always find a way, you know? And right. funny that I had such an issue with Super Duper. I was like, oh, my kids, they can't do this. Get out of here. And then I ended up working for them. Isn't that right. hilarious? Yeah. So, I mean, you <laughs> well, just that's even better. You, You're yeah. like, I see a problem. I'm going to fix it. Right, right. And then when I got there, they would say, well, when you're working with your kids, and I love that they would ask, they would say, what do you need? What's the problem? And I would just, I would say, you know, we need more stuff for our kids that can't handle, you know, these, she has these wonderful um, fun decks, but there's a million things in the fun yeah. deck. And one of them is called, what does Miss B see? And I used to love it. But then when I would use it with my kids, it was visually distracting. My kids that couldn't visually coordinate the information would literally get ready to punch me because they were like, I don't know what you're asking. I can't focus. And I told her, I was like, my population, simple. Give me a white background. Yeah, Give me no distractions. Yeah. Like, that's what I need. And that's the stuff of Super Duper that I use the most. The stuff mm -hmm. with the white background, there's only one thing going on. Yeah. And um, it's just, I, I really did like the experience there because we also got to write these cool articles. And my friends, will, they'll, they'll text me and say, Tashida, I was looking up Oral Motor and I typed it in and your article came up. Uh. I was looking up uh, tears of core vocabulary. Look what I found. And I, then they make me blush because I don't really say anything yeah. <laughs> when I'm working. Well, I'm, I'm posting those all in the show notes. Those are going in there. <laughs> My coworkers will be like, uh, I have something. Is this? That's you. I don't know too many Tashitas that spell it like that uh -huh. and that have an L and a Hutton. Is that you? And I'll say, yeah. And they're like, why don't you ever talk about this? I was like, I'm very shy and they make me get very red at work like they always try to embarrass uh -huh. me they're like tell us where you went to school and i'm like guys stop you're embarrassing <laughs> me. i'm even getting red talking about it yeah I'm very i'm very like i try to be very like humble and because i find that like, good things come with that but mm -hmm. then i have my other friends that are like you're amazing you need to just let people know and i'm like yeah. okay there is, there is nothing enlightened about shrinking so other people won't feel insecure around you that's true. Oh, yeah. I like that quote. Mm -hmm. I love your work of poetry that you did with those beautiful children because I'm always like worried about we're interacting with kids and I don't know too much about like their mm -hmm. background. So I always make sure I am in tune with multicultural toys, diets, everything. So right. if you put somebody in front of me, I can still help you because yeah certain cultures that I would interact with, some of them would think I'm too young um, because I'm a woman. They'd right. be like, hmm. And then like you literally would show up to do like an eval and it'd be like, where did you go to school? And I'm like, hi, I'm Tashida. I'm yeah. here to evaluate your son. <laughs> but exactly. like they would just be like, you look young. Where'd you go to school? How long have you been doing this? And went to have that background knowledge to let them know, like, I'm, you know, versed in what we're about to do. And mm -hmm. I know that um, some cultures, like the husband, would only want to speak to, I think, a man. Right. But if the wife was there, she would address me. And yeah. then it would be my job to impress her to then get, like, his attention. So I would, like, those things give me, like, are like adrenaline rush. It's like a red right. bull. It's like, oh, you think I can't do this? Oh, Let I love that. What happens? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
And Even, I really fuel off that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I 100% know what you're talking about. I loved that back when I was a waitress, when I was like, when people would be like, this table is awful. I'm like, let me, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to make them love me in five minutes. You just wait. Yes. Like, I can't. I'm sure they did. I just, I and, love to, to like, I, I, when someone thinks I can't do it, and mm-hmm. then, uh, and then I show them they're very wrong. That's, I feel you. Yes. We're the same. But you there. do your research, like the mm-hmm. poetry, um, that you use, that you have them quote the things that you use for them to empower themselves. I was just, I was like so proud to just <laughs> see that. And I was like, I can actually be a, a brown girl sitting there and be amazed by this amazing SLP. And it's just about me and her. And it's not about like my color and her color. And like, yeah. they absolutely adored you and you met oh, them yeah. exactly where they were. I love the poems you wrote. I love the poems you use. I love the things You're you making me tingly. <laughs> the things you made them recite. It was yeah. like these affirmations. I was like, look at this amazing, talented person. And I said, she knows exactly what she's doing. She's done her research and she can walk in there and everybody's going to love her because of what she does and not who she is. And I've been the reverse. First, I've been the girl that walks in there and they're like, what are you doing here? (laughs) And it's like, you're going to love me and wish I never left when I like get in there. And then like, they see that. So I was just like amazed by you because those kids absolutely adored you. They were probably so sad when you left. I remember you were like, I'm going to take on a new journey. And I was like, they're going to miss her so much. I know. And (laughs) I'm so sad because I wanted to go to all their end of the year stuff. Uh, cause, cause our schools were going to end at different times and now this mm-hmm. whole thing got ruined. Um, yeah. but yeah, so like I, uh, I definitely, I've always loved all my, my students and I've definitely, I definitely feel like I've established good relationships with a lot of them. Uh, yes. especially cause I was in high school for three years. I, before I was at, um, that elementary school. Um, oh. and I feel like I picked poems that I liked. But mm-hmm. I picked poems I liked because of what the high schoolers were required to do. And I'm like, we're in high school. Why are we still in speech? Oh, because right. maybe we weren't taught that we need to be working on fatig- like figurative language and rhetorical devices until right, we got right. older. So right. when, when I left the high school, I went to the elementary school and, I'm, and I had those kids do all the same things the high school kids did, just, you know, very much more simple, but mm-hmm. the same ish types of things. Mm-hmm. Just because I I didn't want them to still be in speech when they got into high school. Gotcha. And, uh, I I miss the, I miss all I miss everybody all the time. But um, mm-hmm. the high schoolers I had a pretty good relationship with, and and a lot of them found me on Facebook, and I still like see them, and they all oh, reach out still. And uh, that is amazing. I feel really really grateful for all of that. Um, just like wonderful type feeling stuff. I put a couple of them in a comedy uh, web series. Oh, so very nice. I wanted to a, check a that movie out. Theaters. Yeah, it's called Flatbush Misdemeanors. Okay, um, I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, my friends, they, they made it and it, it went really well. It won like a Kevin Hart award in this festival. What? Yeah, yeah, it went, it went You're far. So amazing. Those are all my kids and uh, I, oh. I loved it. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's a little bit tricky because so you're saying like you'd walk in and and then you'd be the only brown girl and you're waiting for someone to say like what are you doing here are you 
Yes. I had to just be prepared to answer the question. I mean, saying that I went to Columbia took me far. Um, And then just speaking to me and finding out what I was doing there for their child Mm -hmm. did get me far. One, one father, by the way, I grew up, I said, well, I'm from, he was like, oh, your parents must have money. And I was like, uh, well, um, so we're going to get the things that they, and then I was covering for my, um, supervisor at the time because she was pregnant and she was like, Tashida, I'm so sorry. That father is very weird. I was like, if you would have just told me, but I handled it professionally and he was fine Mm -hmm. by like five minutes into it. He, because he sat down for a minute. He was like, you know what you're doing. I'm going to the waiting room. And then he just left. Yeah. So yeah, and then even at Super Duper, it was like the same thing. It was me and one other girl, and she was just like, "We're gonna knock everybody's socks off. They're not gonna know what hit them when we collaborate together. When we mm-hmm. step out, we do a conference together." She was like, "We're gonna let everybody know what time it is," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> good, good, yeah." I mean, um, I I love that. I I mean, it kind of annoyed me that it, that like maybe that's why. She- she was like trying to fulfill a quota at first or something. Right. At first that. it did kind of like, <laughs> make me feel a certain type of way. But once yeah. I got there exactly. and they found out more about me mm-hmm. that I was intelligent, could hold my own. And I was very creative. They were really interested in like the creative piece. And they were very creative here. We build something from like a blank sheet of paper. What, mm-hmm. how do you think you could contribute to that? And then <clears throat> some of my background, I was able to tell them, I was like, listen, I've been there where a kid is having a complete meltdown and it's my job to figure out how to get them from complete meltdown to tell me why meltdown, why they're upset. And you got to figure out how to get from the left side of the track to the right. And if that starts mm-hmm. with a blank piece of paper, I'm down, but I'm, we're going to get to the right side. Right. We're going to get there. <laughs> so they love that. Yeah. And just knowing that you will and, and knowing that you don't have to today or right now, because you won't, you're not going to, you're not going to yes, get very far yes. the first day or the first week. Yes. And you can't that's be afraid of to learn. Out. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. And that's actually my favorite population. Everybody's like, what's your favorite population to work with? And I was like, children on the spectrum. And they were like, really? And I'm like, yes. And I'm, and I said, even some behavioral ones. And they said, why would you say that? And I said, they're probably the most misunderstood, but some of the ones that I have had the biggest heart. And once you find the window into how to get to them, just mind blowing when they make progress, when their parents are in tears, because for 10 years, they've been trying to get their parents to say mom or to say, I love you. Like, you, I can't tell you how many sessions we have been crying with right. parents because they, that's all they've ever wanted. And I yeah. was like, if this is the kind of that I can make, I want to continue to make it. And I see all kinds of kids clinic, you know, it's whatever walks in the door. You can't. So right. you get from um, fetal to left CVA, 75 year old and everything in between. So I love that because that keeps me on my clinical toes. But from like 8 to 3.30, those um, beauties on the spectrum, they get 100% of me. I love that. And that's why I had to leave um, the schools that you you said that you liked my office at. Um, But I I had to because... I just felt like I, I did so much with those kids and I'm very proud of what we accomplished. Um, mm-hmm. But what was missing was a, a little bit like, um, I felt a little bit like a fraud uh, because my kids 
were in gen ed. So as a speech pathologist, I was like supplementing their curriculum so they could be in the least restrictive learning environment. So they didn't have like very involved needs, but they weren't performing where they should be. Um, so I really wanted to be sure that I started working with like more complex needs so that I would have that, um, under my belt. And it's certainly a change. I, mm-hmm. this was a big change for me. I um, can imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Cause we were, like you said, like we were doing poetry. I had, yes. girls, I still think about the way that they used to sing nothing gold can stay. And the oh. way like one girl was like just making a beat and the other one like felt her beat and, and did the poem just like, it was beautiful. I, I still watch that video and I can't believe that they like, they learned it so well that they played with it. Um, I don't have that still, but Mm -hmm. I still work on that poem. I still, everyone still does nothing gold can stay by Robert Frost and dreams by Langston Hughes. Um, Mm -hmm. because I, I want these kids to, to do what my gen ed kids did too. And I don't want them to, I don't want it. I I make it achievable for them, but I think it's important. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like going back to what you were saying, like, um, I, I haven't had, I don't have any, I do, I did some, I don't know. I have, I might have one Caucasian child, <laughs> one, but I don't even know. Cause I think he's half Portuguese gotcha. and I don't know if that counts. I don't know, but, but um, so I, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but like so from my perspective I just want um I know that there are often times like I have walked into a school and I'm the only the only white provider or and I and um I just think like you know what it would be better probably if if Mm -hmm. there was a black person here instead of me and I just wish that like I want to encourage just Everyone, if you have any desire to work with children in the educational setting, I mean, it's better than being a teacher for sure. Sorry, teachers, but it's so much fun. <laughs> it is. It really is. I mean, sometimes I, I look at what teachers have to do and I was like, there's no way I can ever do this. I can't grade. <laughs> I, I don't want to grade stuff. Like I can't. Um, I got you. But yeah, I would love to like encourage just just, I would love to see more diversity in this field. And I would love, I mean, the charter mm-hmm. schools are like the, a lot of the kids are predominantly, um, black and Hispanic and, and, and it's white teachers. And I'm like, I don't know. Do I like that? Right. Do I? Yeah. No, not really. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I don't like, but you still were able to have them see themselves. Like there's still something that separates you from, cause I used to work in a charter school. So I saw mm-hmm. it all the time. And when I first got there, I was like, what's going on? Because oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't understand. And, There's rules, you know, yeah. some of the kids, what I would see them kind of gravitate, of course, to um, teachers that look like them, but yeah. that was never a question in your sessions or your no. videos. Like they were into you for what you were doing for them. And yeah. they, I don't even think they saw color. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think they just saw. And, and we're not allowed to say that, but I agree with you. I don't think yeah. that I had one day, some kid like they were like, I'm brown. I'm dark brown. This Brooks is pink. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what? I am moving forward. <laughs> like, 
You're um, so funny. And I, I feel like, um, I love the movements that are happening now with Black Lives Matter and, um, Yes, I, I saw but, you post so much wonderful oh, stuff oh, about yeah. that. But it makes me it makes me um a little sensitive. I wanna I wanna live in the dark a little bit more just because like I don't want to think about any of those kids that I have right. spent the last eight years with having any right. I just don't like I feel like now I feel tingly again. Like I don't I don't want to believe it's real. I don't want like I I can't, it just, it's just so upsetting. I, I remember one time I had a high school student who just asked me like, can we, instead of doing speech today, like work on my resume so I can apply to Ooh. Foot Locker? I was like, hundred percent like that mm -hmm. speech. It was high school. And then he said to me before he left, he's like, but do you think they might not hire me? Cause I'm black. And I was like, just let's, I want everything to end now. Like I just like, when he oh, said that to me, God. I was right. like, we're in Brooklyn. Like, right. like you like, how could um, they not <laughs> I know but even though that was still like he thought it he said it out loud yeah. it was like the doorknob question that you you know you say before you're leaving you know yeah and, and there is no denying it and that was like one of the first times I realized like you know what it, it's I can do my best and I right. do and I could do my mm -hmm. best to make sure everyone is like happy and loved and comfortable Right. That doesn't mean that it lasts like when they leave and I, and it's hard. That's hard. It's hard for me to deal with. I don't want to. Yeah. It's very tough. You know, mm -hmm. people are trying to keep us aware mm -hmm. of everything, but the more aware I see, it just leaves this hole in my stomach. Cause it was like, Oh my God, is the world really that bad? And yeah. like, now that people are bringing all the awareness, it's like, it can come from anywhere. And it's like in this yeah. part of the world. And I'm like, I want to be woke. I need to be right. I need to understand. But it's like, it, it's so saddening, you know, because I, oh, I have yeah. a little girl. I have a little yeah. boy. I, you know, I have a fiance. I have so many things. And it's just like, oh, like, you know, father, mother, sister, brother, uncle. And it's like, you know, you want to be aware. But sometimes it's just flooding in so much. You just want to keep the kids as tight in the bubble right. as you can because, it's like some of these kids are actually not doing anything. So if it means you can just be walking home or yeah. walking from school and that makes you like a victim to something of this, how do you protect someone from that? How do you protect? Like the other fear I used to have was the stuff that happens when they go into like the schools, like the mass things in the schools. Like yeah. how can you protect that? You work at a school, your kids are in school. There's no way for you to protect that. Now it's like, you can't even protect walking to 7-Eleven. Like, no something yeah. smaller than so you know it's as much as I, I'm trying to like just make sure that I am in it I sometimes just have to like take a breath and just make sure they enjoy just being around right. and understanding what's going on because my with the coronavirus they want to know why can't we go to school why why yeah. can't we go to school and I'm like well there's this thing that makes you very ill and then my son goes well if if I get it, am I going to die? And I said, well, it'll make you sick. And I don't want you to even get it to be sick, you know? Right, and yeah. then I said, that's why you can't be in school. That's why you can't see your friends. That's why you can't see your teachers. And my daughter's a social butterfly. So she's like, so I can't see my mm -hmm. teacher who I love so much. And I'm like, no, you can't. And it's then hard. they're marching. They were marching on my block two weeks ago. It was peaceful. Yeah. But 
I was just so excited because I saw every race marching. I was like, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Yeah. And like I was beeping my horn and cheering them on and, you know, driving yeah. with them. And then my daughter goes, what are they holding? Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, God, I gotta have this talk. Right. You had and to I have, said, yeah. yeah. And I said, well, there's some things going on and some unjust things are happening because, you know, people think it's okay if you're this color to do this. But I said, it's just like, I, I explained it to her with like hair because she came home one day and one of her best friends name, um, name is London and London has straight long hair, has the pigtails and the hair can just fall. And she goes, I want my hair like that. And I was like, about Me that. too. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on one second. Yeah. I said, well, how am I going to explain it? She goes, just right. do it, mom. Like, mm-hmm. just put it and just do it. And I was like, ah, so you and London are different. Mm-hmm. London has straight hair. You have thick curly hair like mommy and mommy's hair is beautiful and your hair is beautiful. So why don't we pick a style that you like instead of trying to pick a style that somebody else likes? What do you want me to do to your hair? She goes, right. But I want that. And I was like, no, come back. Listen to what I'm saying. (laughs) So that was like her first, like, I'm not like everybody else. So I did the same thing. I said, we can't be mean because London has straight hair. We can't be mean to your other friend who is this shade of, we use crayons. Like she loves the color. So I said, you know how you have tan and we have, you know, burnt sienna was my favorite Crayola crayon as a kid. (laughs) I love it. Because it was like, you could, as dark as you want, as light as you want. And some mm-hmm. of us have like red undertones. So even yeah. as a kid, my friend used to call me red bone, which people would find offensive, but I didn't know anything about being offensive about having a red undertone until I was older. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that was offensive back in the 90s. I thought right. it was a compliment. <laughs> so it's yeah. just a lot. This comedian, Shalewa, she's super funny. And she was on a podcast with Mike and I was, or a live Zoom comedy show. And, mm-hmm. and she was saying like that she needed to take a break from all the information she was getting because she even can't believe how conditioned she was to just be like, oh, that's normal and it's fine. Yeah. But actually in retrospect, it was inappropriate and racist. Right. And she right. was like, but you know what? I got to stop it at a year. Like, I don't remember what the year was, but she's like, I'm <laughs> yes. not going past that year. Like, I'm not- I completely. And, and, you know, we don't think about this stuff because, I mean, it was just general life like when I was growing up I mean I did I did see a little bit of you know if your hair was like this then certain girls may not like this but my mom was always concerned and she would say you're fair skin I want you to take a self-defense class and I used to be like why and she was like because people may bother you because you're fair skin and you know you know you're beautiful and I was like but why are they gonna beat me up like I don't I didn't get it right yeah and and I she didn't, didn't want to say it. She didn't want to. She didn't right. Wanna, yeah. Right. And that was when the whole like brown girl versus light brown girl. And then we even went through a period of that because my two of my sisters, one of my sisters, she's a little bit more brown than I am, but she's in denial. I think we're exactly the same color depth. <laughs> but when it was popular to be a little darker, like probably right. a few years ago, it was there was this wave of like this is my complexion. I'm like, no, it's not like, stop. (laughs) So, and if you were anywhere in a few shades of that, that's what they would say. And I was like, what is wrong with us? Like I have a little girl that looks like me. I have, my son has his dad's complexion. So he's a a little bit more of like a chocolate brown. I was like, so are you telling me that you're going to treat my son a little bit better because 
he's a little bit more chocolate than me and my daughter who are like caramel. I was like, what is wrong with us? We are right. all <laughs> like, it was, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, uh, I can't, I, it's hard for, it's hard to like realize that it's actually something until somebody like confronts you with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially in New York. I think it's a little, cause I did go to South Carolina yeah in February. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, it's different here. Like I could yes. never, I don't care if it's cheaper. I don't want to live. And like, I'm so that's one thing why I'm so glad I went to St. John's and Queens because that school has everybody. There was like, yes, it's so you, and then also on top of that, the placements had everybody. And yes. like, so I never, I've never been Maybe when I lived in Jersey for a little bit, that's the only mm-hmm. time it was like predominantly white, but like, okay. Um, so like, I'm very comfortable where mm-hmm. I am and I think it's good. good. And when I went to South Carolina and like, I don't know, it just wasn't <laughs> it's, for me. It's different down there. I was yeah. like, yeah, my time is. Yeah. And then, you know, what's crazy crack up. I was there. I got hired to work at Super Duper when Barack Obama was running for president. I was ah. like, what a time to be in <laughs> yeah, Greenville, <laughs> Spartanburg. And then my mom goes, are you going to wear your sticker back to work? And I was like, should I? Could I? Is this a good idea? <laughs> like, we had all kinds of conversations because it was like his first term. And I was like, I don't know I should go back to work, should I go home because nobody else was, you know? And then I was so nervous. I couldn't even watch the election. Like I kept turning my TV on and pacing and my mom would call me. She'd be like, put on the TV. I'm like, no, just tell me when it's over because I was just so nervous. And I was mm. in South Carolina by myself. Right. Yeah. And it was just, it was just like so surreal. So I, I understand what you mean about St. John's. Yeah. In certain areas of Queens, it's such a melting Queens, pot. It's yeah. such a great place to be if you want everything, everything, everything. which is which is awesome. Yeah, I love that. I, love I think that. it's. I just want that to be the whole country. Why can't that? Why can't we? Everyone yes. just take it from Queens and Brooklyn exactly. too. Brooklyn's a little that. bit more segregated, though. I think everyone's yeah, right. like pretty communal, but it's like yes. cultures are just like we like this spot. You can come visit Let's- us. Like, yes. <laughs> but go back to on the other side yes. of Flatbush and the other side of Fulton. I noticed that because um, one yeah. of my best friends, she lives in Brooklyn and her mom lives in Clinton Hills. And I remember visiting her when mm-hmm. I was younger and I went back and I was like, am I on the right block? And she's like, yeah, it's, it looks completely different now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, you still live here? She's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And then my friend who still likes like the old school Brooklyn, she was like, I got to get out of here. I got to go to like Quincy. So she went to like the other side down closer to the terminal so she could get like her old Brooklyn vibe back. But, right. You know, still yeah. Yeah. Like a nice neighborhood. And uh, it's just so funny because you're right. It's like it's Brooklyn, but it's like Brooklyn with different countries. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What? There's there's a comedian. I think it's Mike Vecchione. He's got a joke and he's like, he's like, you know, people call New York the melting pot because it's like got so many different cultures and races, but really what it's like a bunch of pots, a bunch of the same pots next to other pots. <laughs> and he like talks about how like, yes, everyone- different, yes. <laughs> yeah. yes, that yeah. is so true. It definitely, it definitely is. But that I'm taking that approach to, to yeah. my kids and then my students like, um, listen, 
we might not look the same, but inside we're all human. I said, if I fall and get a boo-boo and you fall and get a boo-boo, it looks exactly the same. And that's Mm -hmm. what matters. What's inside. So if we have to make sure that we don't get boo-boos and we take care of each other, then it'll be a better world. If I get a cut, I need a bandaid. You get a cut, you need a bandaid. So we're, we're the same. You know, adults will say we bleed the same, but kids are like, blood up. Blood up. What are we doing? Right. But that's how, and my daughter kind of, she understands a little bit better. And I said, and it's important for you to have an array, have like a bunch, because like growing up, my dad used, I used to want these dolls and he would say, I'm going to get it for you, but I'm going to get you a black one first. And I'd be like, oh, I'm never going to get the towel <laughs> because they weren't as popular. I was uh-huh. like, come on, dad. And then they started to make it. And I said, you said you would get both. So you have right. to get me both when they were only two shades. Then as, mm-hmm. as more shades came out, I get all of them. So like Barbies was the big thing. I said, I want all the Barbies. I want black, Hispanic Barbie. I want all of them. Yeah. It was like, Okay, because my dad is very, he wanted us to be very proud of like being, you know, African-American and being brown. And I kid you not, Deb, I think everything in my house was brown, even the ingredients, (laughs) brown sugar, (laughs) brown bread, brown rice. I used to be like, can I just have Wonder Bread? And he's like, no. No. (laughs) Daddy, like you got, I was like, you gotta give a little wiggle for it. And then my friends used to be like, Tashita. Uh, we've had breakfast at your house quite a few times. What's up? (laughs) What do you mean? We have a favorite color in this house. I would just. Right. And I used to tell my dad, I was like, dad, make sure you're not, you know, a little. And he'd like, no, I just want you to be proud of where you came from. And I I made that deal with him. I said, I will be, but if I want a certain doll, you got to get it for me because I want to learn to love everybody. So from a very early age, all of my um, dolls were mixed and everything. I had every different type of game and stuff like that. Cause I, I felt like I'm going to have those friends. So I might mm-hmm. as well have their toys. And then that was like our deal. And he was like, as long as you know where you come from. And I was like, yes, yeah. I will just give me all the dolls. So yeah. I did the same thing for, for my kids to make sure they have I, everything. Yeah. I did that when I was little, I, um, I had a hard time finding because I liked Barbies and I had a really hard time finding Barbies that weren't blonde hair and yeah. that weren't it just took a while. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote a letter to, um, <gasps> yeah. And I was like, this is, I don't want this Barbie. I want Barbies <gasps> with brown hair and I want all oh Barbies. Oh my God. Yeah. I and love then, you even more. I swear right after that, I like, there were more. I don't know if it was my letter or like something trending that happened when I was little. Well, you did the right thing. They even have Barbies of different sizes now. Yeah. I saw a Barbie. My daughter has a Barbie with a short haircut. I almost fell out. I was like, who bought this for her? This is amazing. (laughs) So she had the side shade and then the Barbie's hair comes down like this. And then the Barbie's kind of like sporty. It's not no, it's not like a fancy dress. She had on like jean shorts and like some, some kicks, which would be Jordan's. And like a, a nice just tank top. And I was like, where did you find it? I was like, is this a real Barbie? And it was a real Barbie. It was Barbie. It wasn't like an ah. No. And then I saw a, a curvy Barbie that came from Mattel. They have curvy Barbies now. Like mm-hmm. had that Barbies have a little bit more hips. And I was like, this is amazing. Natural hair Barbies. And I was like, I'm so yeah. glad they got on the wave of you know, stuff because kids will start to ask that because right after the, why can't my hair does do that? All my doll's hair does that. It's like, great. Right. Now yeah. I'm going to lose dolls. And so I'm glad yeah. they're 
starting to bring it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that our number one advice for this show is uh, get all the toys. Just get all the, yes. get all of the toys of every race. <laughs> Everyone needs it. You'll like it. Your kids will love it. It'll make the society better. Um, yes. I wanted to um, touch upon two things before we wrap up. First, earlier, you talked about the, um, the, the peaceful protest that you witnessed going past your house. And I do yes. want to acknowledge that because I feel like uh, New York is getting like a lot of heat on the news. And um, yes, I didn't um, attend any because I was home doing teletherapy, but Mike mm-hmm. did. And he said oh, every nice. single one was um, peaceful. They were handing out Good. masks. They were handing them out. People were separated. People were coming out of their windows, out of their doors, cheering, saying, thank you. There was no rioting. And he said that when, like the groups that he went with, when he was the ones, Mm -hmm. mostly all Brooklyn stuff. I don't think he went to Manhattan, but um, Mm -hmm. he said that, that he could tell that like, if somebody was to like get out of hand, that it would be a problem with the entire group. So like, those are definitely isolated things that are being like talked about and shown. Yes. I mean, they always isolate on the negative. And I, because you said that I have to tell you, um, Ellen posted this beautiful picture of Joy George Floyd's daughter. And it was about, did you read it? When she said that my daddy's here, uh, change the world. That one. Yes. And he yes. changed the world. I was mm-hmm. like, how amazing and mature to think about what she's going through I and know. to still realize that her dad's a hero. I was like, somebody find this child. Cause that's amazing. I like know. just for her to understand that he literally changed the world. I even see people now will post, like if somebody gets pulled over, people are staying and pulling over right yeah with them mm-hmm. so they're like i saw somebody yeah. posted it try and, it like let's see yes <laughs> yes see. and they had a lady outside the car and you could see these three cars and mm. they were like we're not leaving until you let her get back in her car and i was like yeah look at america like this is this yeah. is amazing like i've never seen anything like that and then just the justice for you know a lot of um, oh, other things that brianna taylor yeah. um Thing got passed and you know what was amazing to me I said you know a raid like because they were trying to say that it was like a raid and they were allowed yeah to and they the can door. have a no-knock warrant but like that right. doesn't mean that you shoot that many times are you kidding right. like but even with the 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 drug raids and the kicking the doors in the 90s they right. did not do that I remember all of those movies made about real life scenarios and documentaries but then in the door they would open the scope they would go around no opening and shooting even right. with drug raids so i was yeah. like if this was happening 20 years ago when i was watching this stuff on tv and they were not shooting first what yeah. makes you think you can do that now i was like that um bill should have been passed a long time ago because they've been busting into people's houses whether they had a right to or not for a very long time exactly. so i was like I'm happy that, um, you know, they did that, but it's just, it just makes you a little nervous. Like you could just be sitting down watching TV and someone could think they could take their life from you. Well, and it just sucks. Yeah. I mean, the two stories that like, like I can never get off my brain, Sandra Bland, like as soon as I saw that, like that, those videos, I was, I was disgusted and I, and I couldn't, and as soon as all of this, this stuff started coming up again, like she was the first person I thought yeah. of and, and I just that that case and then also when the um 
off-duty cop thought she was yes. in her own apartment and shot that poor man as he was sitting on his couch. Yeah. And like, you know, which apartment's yours? Like, are you kidding? Like, and right, right. So it's just, it's just, there needs to be reform. And right. And it's like, you can't just have a badge to do whatever the F you want to do. No. Like you need to do what you need to do what's right. And if you violate it, you have to go to jail like everybody else. Exactly. Like, you cannot, you know, just get off. And then like somebody even told me something else, um, disturbing about Trayvon Martin and yeah. George Zimmerman. So I, somebody said like George Zimmerman, like has fans. And I was like, wait, what, what are you talking about? That's not a situation to have. Like that was disgusting to me yeah. because that, that means that people are celebrating the fact that he thought it was okay as the neighborhood watch person, not even a cop to follow someone home. And then the Elijah McCain one, yeah. that one kind of struck me a lot because I thought about our kids that mm -hmm. we work with that may be wearing weird things that look off to people. Like yeah. I have kids that want to wear winter clothes all the time. I mm -hmm. have kids that want to wear gloves all the time or want to have a ski mask on like he did because he likes to keep his face warm and he wasn't doing anything to anyone. Right. And yeah. those kids I know wouldn't even be able to articulate why they're wearing what they're wearing, which would give the police a, a further reason to think that they were resisting when they're right. not. So and I'm then a as big soon as you advocate. touch them too, they might, they oh, might resist get aggressive. for real. Yes. Yeah. So that's, so I, yeah. I always tell parents of um, the kids that are like in high school and trying to get ready to go out into the world. I was like, you need to make something apparent that they carry with them. So if they look right. in their wallet or whatever, um, whatever name tags, there are some companies that have them, but it identifies them yeah. as this is who I am. This makes me nervous please do not do this. If there is an issue, please call. Right. Like they need to have that on them, on their person at all times. Because after I saw the Elijah McCain thing, I thought about every single kid that I served. Yeah. They can't even utter a word that would just be walking, minding their business. And because of something that was odd to someone else that they were wearing. Well, what about Tamir Rice? Oh, that broke me to pieces, to pieces. I the guy he as he, he shot that shot upon arriving on the scene from a distance he didn't even try to see what was Ooh, happening was, there or anything just right showed up shot like at, what would you that's your your child like you don't right. expect that like like right. so just all of this like don't 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 try to tell me all lives matter. Don't try to tell me that there is no so, sort of issue in this country right now. And if you're listening and you think that, mm -hmm. then just, you know what? I don't know what else we can say to you. I don't know. I'm lost. I don't oh know. Oh, my God. I love her even more. She's, she's my new favorite human. You know, because I, I love everybody. And I do think everybody who is living deserves to have a right to live. But if it's a moment to highlight a consecutive amount of tragedies that are following a specific trend, it's mm -hmm. important that we tackle that. And that is taking nothing away from you having the right to breathe. Someone taking away your life. I'm not taking away that, but I just want you to acknowledge what's happening to people that might look like me or look like your friends or look like people you know. And right. it was that was quite a conversation on on Instagram where 
I, I saw a little bit of all lives. I saw a little bit of blue lives. But the amazing thing with that is, I said, if you do your research, you will see some of these amazing cops in New York City kneeling and protesting with people and they have signs. So before you say this blue life or that blue life, I said, look around you there. there, I was like, there were people in a protest protecting police officers and there were police officers walking with the protesters. So if you're going to take that stance and you're a blue life, what about your comrade that is standing up for black lives matter? Are you guys not connected anymore? Cause you're wearing the same color. So yeah, you have to understand. And I know people that are cops and one guy um, and his wonderful wife, they're amazing. They're actually both um, Italian. He said to me, he said, you know, I'm wearing blue, but I'm human just like you. And if I see something in just going on and I just happen to be wearing the color blue, I'm not going to say it's okay to attack someone that is not wearing the same color as me. Because when I take this uniform off, does that mean my life doesn't? doesn't matter anymore and I was like right. good point yeah and oh, yeah. I and those people exist and nobody is saying that like all cops are bad or maybe some are and those people shouldn't right. talk either because blanket statements are just <laughs> dumb there right. is nobody who is all of anything I think that the whole like there needs to be reform I think you know the amount of time it takes to be a co- it takes longer to be a hairdresser yes. <laughs> yes. like give these people some like you know, cultural diversity classes, get, make them take philosophy, like something. Yes. It's not, it's not Definitely. just, yeah. Like it's just make it a little bit harder. And you know what? Check in on those older people who've been working for a long time, who everyone is afraid to stop and afraid yes. to go against. How about those right. guys? Maybe transfer yes. people a little bit more often so that they, you know, they, they don't stay in one place, get comfortable, and then everyone looks out for them. If that's the problem, because right. that seems to be it. It seems to be like people, they don't want to rat on each other, which I don't get because in comedy and speech pathology, like the two worlds that mm-hmm. I'm in, if I saw a teacher hurt or a speech pathologist hurt another, I'm not, I'm not loyal to them. I don't care if that no. was my best friend. I'm, I'm telling on them. Like that's not, yes. I'm going to stop it. And it's just like, so why do cops have this like, Sort of. I don't know they ha- whatever aura it is, but it's funny that you yeah. say that because it's like some people don't want to step on toes, but you know what else is funny? We have to do so much to become speech language pathologists and yeah. the fingerprinting process that is required now for where I am, it's like, I better yeah. not have done anything anywhere in the United States of America. It used mm-hmm. to just be like that census you fill out. It used to just be, well, where'd you live before here? And we're yeah. going to run your prints this way. And we're going to see if anything comes up in New York. We had this big in-service last year. They were like, oh, you work with children? We're going to make sure your fingerprints have not been on any children anywhere right. in the United States. So it's yeah. like... If you're going to go and dig through my history and make sure that I can't do that, why is it okay for you to make us feel better by telling us a cop is fired or whatever, and then he moves two states over and he gets a job? That should not be. Because if I move two states over, I can't get get a job. No. Right. So I'm a speech pathologist. You're supposed to be protecting lives. They're telling me that I have to go through like this rigorous finger fingerprinting process. And if I have done anything, I, I'm not allowed to work with this population 
anywhere. Done. Yeah. You're, you're, there's every, like I, um, I have a cousin who, um, I mean, I'm not trying to, I might edit this out, but like he's a New York city, he was a New York city bus driver and he was in, mm-hmm. um, he was in an accident and the person had mm-hmm. died and mm-hmm. he, he got fired. And, um, like it was, I think he hit a pedestrian or a bike rider. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So he was fired and not only was he like fired, he, he tried to move to Delaware. They like, he tried to buy a house and put it in someone else's name. They found out they wouldn't give him the house. They like, what? like, and there's the bus driver who, you know, That's I mean, crazy. I'm sure there were, they proved some negligence cause it was like a problem, but like mm-hmm. a bus driver, you know, and, and, right. and look at all the, the prices that he's paying as a result of that. Like, right. A so, bus driver. A bus exactly. Driver. Yeah. So, so, and that followed him to Delaware, <laughs> like. Right. So it's like, how can they move two towns over, two states over? Yeah. And then they can, even if it's not on the field, they still have a desk job or they still have some say. It's not, it's not fair. It's not right. So I'm, I'm glad that there is an uproar and we're trying to get some justice and have people, you know, understand. And then I saw that Governor Cuomo said now that Juneteenth is going to be like a holiday celebrated by, um, he wrote an executive order and that it's going to be celebrated. So I had two feelings. I'm going to tell you why I was happy, but then I was like, is he trying to just give us something so we will ease up and back Mm -hmm. off a little bit because we have black history month, but a lot of people have a joke saying it's the shortest month of the year. So now if they're like, Oh, but we gave you Juneteenth too. Are you guys going to, did you give it to us because you want to and you realize the movement or do you want to appease us to try to take some of the heat away? And I just want to make sure that it's not the latter and that it's because you realize that it's, it's something that you just should do, you know? Right. Yeah. Give us, give us the holiday, but then also defund the police. Yes. 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 That's, that's the new thing. And when people say that they're not saying like, no police, no money, they're just saying they don't need all of it. And education could get some. And maybe if they did, there would be less crime. Just wondering, just maybe. Yes. Wondering. (laughs) Yes. They uh, work them so hard. Yeah. We have to wrap up because it's going to be a long recording. I don't know how they didn't kick us off. So I want to be, I'm going to cry if this is not all here. Cause I'm, all of this is going (laughs) on the podcast. It might be two episodes. Um, but yeah, so I was hoping that you could share a quote with us, uh, just like a, a mantra or just anything you tell yourself to get yourself through the day. I'm going to tell you actually, uh, a quote that I, um, kind of came up with when I first started to do this and I actually put it on my resume. Um, when I used to apply, you know how, like you put like a blurb at the top or whatever your objective is. So I guess it was my objective. And I would say like, Mm -hmm communication is the cornerstone of a functional civilization and it doesn't matter your disability your economic status your demographic status it gets you what you need and it gets you where you need to go so that is why i actually became a speech pathologist because without communication you have to be reliant on someone that is willing to advocate and communicate for you and if you have no one you're alone so i have stuck buy that, that since applying for my first job well, and perfect. everybody deserves that right they have the right to have the right to communicate and live a civilized life we yes. don't have that right to take it away from them and no. I was like if I can do that for them then I'm doing my part in society absolutely Totally agree. I love that. I love that so much. Um, so everyone, this has been the best episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. You're welcome. Uh, thank you. Oh. 
so much to Sheena for doing this. I'm so glad that we you are very welcome. Um, I'm so happy to thank you for having me. Absolutely. She's amazing, everybody. <laughs> if you don't know, she's amazing. Let me just tell you one more time. <laughs> no. She's amazing. <laughs> you are. You are. And everyone can find Tashida on Instagram. It's you, me, and speak.